Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Each week, we tell the stories of our church as we feature interviews with our members and often other friends of the ministry as well. We'd like to invite you, of course, to join us this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church as we begin Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. with Adult Bible Fellowships and children's programs. Pastor Ken Keith will be speaking in our morning service at 10.30 a.m., and he'll be speaking from Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 53. Today, let's begin Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Pastor Ken is excited about this Sunday, and I am too. The first part of Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 53, don't be afraid about that because it's not mean he's going to preach, you know, for a long time, but these 53 verses are all one group that talks about Stephen's message, and the end of the chapter is going to talk about the first martyrdom as Stephen is stoned for his faith, but that first whole section is a really an awesome sermon that Stephen preaches, and there's many things about the gospel, and so we would invite you to be part of this continuing series. We've been going through the book of Acts called Pursuing Our Mission, and this is just the next step in God's work in the church, and and from Acts chapter 7, then we're going to see the gospel really flow out of Jerusalem, but this, the life and ministry of Stephen, one of the deacons that we were introduced to in Acts chapter 6, it becomes really a glowing testimony to the gospel, and uh, so it'll be exciting to, to think through and hear from God's Word on these first 53 verses of Acts chapter 7. So we'd invite all of our listeners to come and join us this Sunday. We're really pleased today to have uh, with us at Harvest Time Dr. Harry Park. Dr. Harry was with us for our missions conference just a couple of weeks ago, and we had the opportunity to sit down with her in our studios and talk a little bit about her life and the things that God did in her life, drawing her to himself. So, Dr. Harry, thank you for being with us for the Missions Conference. Welcome to Harvest. Thank you for inviting me and other missionaries. Now, I've known you for a while, for, I don't know, maybe seven years or so, uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit over seven years. And I'm really thankful to be able to introduce you to the Harvest family. You were sharing your testimony with us during the missions conference, how you grew up, your family, and I'm wondering if you could share that with our audience here. You grew up in Korea. Tell me a little bit about your family and and growing up in Korea. Yes, my parents and my family all live in Korea, and my parents uh, were farmer and they are first generation Christian. Hmm. And while they are working on the farm, because uh, it was um, right a little later Korean War, and my parents, especially my father, lost his parents because of the flooding. Mm-hmm. So when they married, they had nothing. So they were poor, but they wanted to raise uh, their children in the Word of God and in the church, in, in God's care. So. They taught us how to read the Bible and pray and help us to go to the church. Even though we are busy, everyone has to work in our family, whether you are five or six or ten or high school, we all had to work together Mm -hmm. to make a living on the farm. But God gave me the saving knowledge when I was uh, in Israel while I was uh, reading Gospel of John 
specifically, I knew Christ. I read the Bible about, know about Christ, but that time when I was alone with God's word, because Israel is a unique uh, situation at the time that nearby where I stay, kibbutz, there was an uh, air force. So every morning and even there was a planes going up and yes, coming and down. Yes, and not just yeah. plane, but jet. So it was very loud. Okay. And at some point I felt like it threatened my life. Maybe I may not be able to see my parents again mm-hmm. because there are, and then the week before I arrived in Israel, there was a bus bombing. Okay. So I felt a threat of to life. But in, in, the, in that all those situations, God used the moments and different events and drew my attention to Him and also gave me a clear understanding who Jesus is because there are many people are saying there are different ways, there are different gods. Mm-hmm. And different Let me ways. ask you, yeah, I want to ask you some more about that, mm-hmm. but if I can back up just for a minute. Yes. Traditionally in Korea, what would be the religious foundation in Korea? Buddhism and also shamanism. Okay. Yeah, so praying in the mountain and praying toward the trees and then gods of the heaven or gods of the water. So your parents, would, their families would Buddhism, have would yes. been Buddhist? Yes. Okay. My father mentioned that he, when he was young, uh, especially during the Korean War time, they, uh, yeah, w- they were fled to near mountain and there was a temple, Buddhist mm-hmm. temple. Yeah. So he mentioned that uh, his, his parents, they went to ma- the Buddhist temple to to ask a blessing or mm. protection. But you grew up, your parents became Christians, and yes. were you before you were born? or? It, yeah, before my, I was born. My father said that it was mid-20s. Okay. So they, my parents met at the church. The, yes, my, past, uh, my parents' pastor and his wife introduced my father and mother. Okay. Because my mother was a first generation Christian. She, she and her sister came to church. And then my aunt, which is my mother's older sister, gave up. Um, and then she married unbeliever. Okay. And that broke pastor's heart and pastor's wife. And then pastor's wife, and they told my mother, just wait. <laughs> I will find a husband for you. <laughs> and that was my dad. Okay. <laughs> yes. Huh. So, yeah, I think that's God's, yeah, yeah. God's grace for each other. Yeah. So you grew up, though, in a home where, the, where your parents taught you the Bible, mm-hmm. and you knew about Jesus, you knew about uh, the gospel and his forgiveness. But you're saying that you, weren't, you were 23 years old before you put your personal faith in Jesus. Yes. Did you think that you were a Christian before then? And what happened that really made you feel like you knew that you had to do something personally for your relationship with yeah. God? The reason that I said that I was saved at 23 that time is in Korea, because of Presbyterianism, Mm -hmm. we went to Presbyterian church. And then as a church member, you baptize when they are young. Yeah. But by God's providence, I was not able, my parents were not able to get uh, infant baptism for me Mm -hmm. out of five. So I was the only one. And my parents told me that my mom said that you need to get baptized. So it was, I think, my 11th or 12th grade. And then at the time, right before the baptism, the pastor asked me the question. But normally I'm the quiet student, so I do not uh, question or anything. But by God's grace at the time, 
I was the only one because I was late from tutoring, math, some kind of a subject training, tutoring. Mm-hmm. So I was late and I was the only one. Other baptism candidate already passed through the questioning. Mm-hmm. So I was the only one and then pastor asked, who is Jesus? And then I paused a moment and only thing I can think about is Jesus is my friend. Mm. And then pastor said, you got only 40% right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus is friend, but Jesus is the savior mm-hmm. for your soul. Mm-hmm. And, and then I rem- remember that. And But I didn't think about it because I, unless I um, face my uh, face uh, directly, I tend to ignore. Sure, yeah. So, at the time when I was in Israel, that's the moment, that's the time that God really let me think clearly and make a decision whether really I know Jesus or not, whether Jesus would tell me, declare me that I'm his. Mm-hmm. Before, I didn't think that dynamics. I thought, yes, Jesus is in the Bible. I know Jesus is the son of Mary and Joseph and Jesus of son of God, but that was my knowledge. Yeah. But that was in, in my heart, and then after the decision, I, I, even though I resisted or rebellious from time to time, but my heart it was the one that I belong to God, and and I I will follow Jesus. Jesus yeah. is my savior and my Lord. And the one of actually one of the book that God had me is uh, my heart, Christ, home. Home, yeah. 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 That book that was um two two thousand. Uh, no, 1997, uh, 1998, God used it uh, June 26th. Actually, that's my spiritual birthday. Mm. <laughs> then I read the book, and then I, as I, God gave me also understanding what really means surrendering, submitting to Christ. And uh, after I read it, yes, I, I prayed uh, once again, uh, Jesus, I will give my heart to you. You mm. are the owner. Mm. And you are you have a key to my heart, and you are the king and lord of my heart and my life. Yes, and then yes. It's really interesting, even your story when you were junior senior, and how the the wisdom of your pastor to be able to say Jesus is my friend, which he is, but um, but salvation is more than just. I think a lot of people maybe see uh, their relationship with God in that way that. They want Jesus to be their their friend, which he is, but he must first be our savior. That's right. And uh, and you were mentioning earlier that there was a, a passage in Matthew chapter 7, when yes. you were 23 in Israel, yes. that you, God used Matthew 7 to clarify some things in your life. How would you describe that for us? Yes, that one, can I read it? Yeah, for sure. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. This is really uh, God's grace. Uh, I, I'm sure that Pastor also uh, yeah, agree that it's God's grace mm-hmm. that in in His timing He He let me see the point. It is what I say. 
It is God's Jesus work and Jesus claiming that I am his or I am not his. And yes, God, let me see Mm -hmm. that distinction. It's really interesting. A lot of things that you're talking about, hey, Rhea, I hear as I'm talking with many people, um, uh, there are many people, I think, that along the way, for various reasons, maybe because the the family that they grew up in or maybe they grew up going to church, you know, of any kind of different churches, and they would have said, you know, I, th- I think I'm a Christian or I think I'm a child of God, but they never personally came to the point where, you know, I think in, you said your prayer, God, I know that you own me, and where God opens our eyes and helps us to understand that I need to put my personal faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior, my Forgiver, and my Lord, that I'm giving my, um, you know, my life to Him, and uh, so I think your your story, your testimony is similar to a lot of people. It might be similar to some that are listening today. That their story might be maybe that they felt all along that they're a Christian, but they never personally gave their life to Jesus. And so, thank you for sharing that. Praise God. Yeah. And so you're 23 years old, yes. and did things change for you, or what, what was different for you then after that? Well, first of all, I have a purpose in life. Hmm. Before, I just wanted to make money as a farmer. I think I mentioned that originally I majored in agriculture in college and then wanted to become a farmer, true farmer, mm-hmm. so that I can uh, produce good vegetables for the consumers. And then... So I surrendered my life. God um, let me lead uh, to the U.S. to study Bible. And I didn't know at the time. But God uh, gradually, one by one, as I uh, seeking him in his will, and he clarified that he wants me to serve in, in mission and especially in Bible translation and giving me the purpose in life. And meaning in life, that was a uh, differences. And then one thing that the decision that I wanted, wanted to study Bible and biblical languages mm-hmm. is uh, my teacher said that if the school that he was recommending is a school that learn the Bible mm-hmm. and also how to live out Bible. Because, uh, because I grew up in the church and even though I didn't study theology in first mm-hmm. grade, through high school, when I was studying college, I didn't study theology. But when I read from time, oh yeah, and when I read, and I saw the differentiation between what Bible says and what I see outside, at, yeah, at home, even church. When I was in India, I saw many missionaries, and so I saw the differentiation. Why there is a gap? what Bible says and what, why the life is different, why there are arguments and hurt. Mm-hmm. And yes, God helped me to see that once you saved and you also need to grow. Mm-hmm. And then that is not God's fault. Right. That God gave everything that we need to, to know God and what God wants because Jesus is my Lord and Savior. If you really love someone, you wanted to do something for for him or her, mm-hmm. and, and that's uh, what I was missing. I was thinking, well, is there something wrong with the Bible? Why, mm-hmm. why there is no peace? Well, mm-hmm. There is always arguments, and and then 
I'm not sure how much I, I yeah I learned the Bible, but about the living Christian living is is not Bible is me myself because myself is resisting oh. to follow and obey what God said, mm. and then that's. Yes, uh, you mentioned about, uh, I heard uh, discipleship. That's what discipleship means. Yeah. Yes, wanted to follow, wanted to please God because Jesus, what Jesus has done for me on the cross, and that is not light, light yeah. thing. And because uh, God let me understand a little bit, little bit. So, yes, I, yes, I, yes. And then as I read what he wants, and God encouraged me through his word on the way, and yeah, and now I see. Yeah, the, every problem is me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right. really interesting. And then God it's gives really me good. hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. your ministry is with uh, as a Bible translation consultant yeah. with Bibles International. T- uh, tell us how you came to be burdened for Bible translation ministry. Originally, probably it's a kind of my nature, character. I actually. Uh, heard of Bible translation because of the one of students at the school who was from India. He said that his country is about L, um, minimum 80 languages. And then at the time he was studying specialist in Bible translation. And he said that, why don't you come to India and help out with Bible translation? But at the time I was not interested in, mm-hmm. but later on, I was uh, able to enter the program before my PhD in Old Testament. Uh, took, yeah, and then at that time, I I took lessons and languages, different things, and also anthropology, and yeah, all those uh, missions classes that I had to take because of the I didn't mean to at the time, but <laughs> God used it. Yeah. Because yeah, so I'm I'm telling it is all God's grace. Yeah. And then uh, missionaries from Bible International and they helped me and also mission conferences, the conferences that I was able to attend at, during my school year, and and then then, yes, that's how God has led me to Bible translation ministry. There are uh, approximately how many languages uh, on the earth? And then what is the need for Bible translation? Because I think maybe a lot of people think, man, there's lots of Bibles out there and lots of languages, but there's a great need, right? Yes. Actually, yesterday I looked up the statistics once again, and then actually it grew since I first researched it. And nowadays it's 7,300. 50 about that number there are languages about over, a little over 7000 languages and there are about about three about half of the languages has a whole bible whole bible was in t- the whole bible about 350 no 650 whole bible mm-hmm. and then new testament and this portion of bible there are about 3000 500 language group has something yeah. and there are still half of the language groups doesn't do not have anything. Yeah, they don't have yeah. any Bible, right. right? They don't even have uh, one of the books yes. or even one of the yes. chapters of the Bible. They just have nothing. Yes, actually, when I was uh, going to study Bible in in the U.S., I had to go to U.S. Embassy to get stamp mm-hmm. <laughs> and for visa. And then the ambassador, well, the officer said that, why you are studying Bible? There are many Bibles. Why do you, we need another Bible, mm-hmm. right? For for English speakers, 
Yeah. There are many Bibles, even Korean. Right. We have many Bibles, conservative or freer or easy to read Bible. But there are many people group or tribal group still who doesn't have anything in their language. And since God is a loving God and just, Bible says that God wants everyone know about Him, mm-hmm. and then that obey what yeah. He says. And if God doesn't give anything to them, and then if God is asking why you didn't do it, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And then I believe, and then God, God, yes, the Bible translation is a very needed, and also a must for God's people. You're working with a number of different languages uh, in this area. It would be sort of languages that also would know English. But tell me the countries that you're working on projects and, you know, currently right now and where, where you're going right after you mm-hmm. leave here, after you leave Guam. Yes. The, the week before, I was in Thailand with Aka uh, language group. And then next week, I will travel to Myanmar to work with the Hakatin language group. And then after that, I will go back to mainland and, the, and Michigan. And in early May, I will go to Ghana to work with the Dagari. Ghana, Africa. Ga- yeah, Ghana, Africa. Okay. Dagari project, yes. And then do you also work with some projects in India? or? Is yes, uh, yes. That's, uh, my main is this three. Okay. And then other projects when, when there is needed. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm a new consultant, so three projects I think enough. Uh, <laughs> because each language has different language specifics. Yeah. There is universal language specific features, but there are each language is a little different. So for me, it's a little bit. I already studied about eleven languages like uh, Hebrew, yeah, Greek, Aramaic, Arabic, and German, and the French, the different things. But it's it's uh, still. Even I met, I studied, but still a little overwhelming to work with different language groups. Well, so yeah, I can imagine. I have a hard enough time with English, so I I know that, <laughs> that you're fluent in Korean, of course, and English, yeah. but all of these other languages, plus the original languages, but you yeah. have uh, fluency in Hebrew and Greek, and Hayri has uh, backgrounds in in uh, linguistics, theology. There's a lot of things that yeah. God allowed you to put into your kind of the toolbox of learning that's allowed you to be effective as a translator. Um, if there was a young person that was saying, boy, I'm interested in translation. That sounds really cool. I kind of like languages. I'm trying to learn a language. What would you say would be the first steps if they felt like maybe God could call me to Bible translation? Pray and read the Bible <laughs> and then get the confirmation from from his word and then when when and then study whatever um, he is what she is right now and then when they finish they can contact Bible intonation right <laughs> <laughs> well, even 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 yes um, myself Harry Park H Park at Bible intonation they can uh, email me or I can uh, well even Pastor Gary <laughs> yeah so if anybody had qu- just right. questions about yes. Bible translation they could reach out to you yeah. or I could get you the church could get yes, you, uh, them in touch with you yes. um, about that and so and and really the, your story I think is similar to a lot of people that are consultants or translations consultants a lot of times they didn't start out you know thinking about that mm-hmm. they just had an interest in 
the Bible and theology and languages, and uh, and God used s- sort of their studies to give them a burden for the potential. And um, so, yeah, I think just following God and doing what God yeah. has each step along the way. I mean, when you went to the States for training, you didn't have any idea that you'd be doing Bible translation in Myanmar and Northern Thailand and India and Ghana, Africa, or that you'd find yourself on Guam, right? I mean, you didn't have any of those ideas. No. But it's amazing and and great to watch the way that God's lead you. And he's he's gifted you, you know, specifically for this ministry. So we're so glad that you've been able to be here on Guam and at Harvest. We have a lot of Korean families and individuals, of course, that are part of Harvest, part of the Academy, and you've had mm-hmm. a chance to speak to our international camps this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while you're here. So thank you for serving God in this way. Thank you for coming to Guam and to Harvest and, and telling us about the ministry and the work that God's been doing in your life. I thank God and thank you for your invitation and even this chance to share who God is and how good He is. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. As always, at this point in the program, we want to personally invite you to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. Pastor Ken Keith will be speaking in our morning service, which is at 1030 a.m. Sunday morning on Acts 7, 1 through 53. Now, you can always go to our website for more, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time. Harvest Time.